Escape from plan A. Honestly, it's insane. It's so hard to comprehend that something that was started like around two months ago is now this big. If you're young, Asian, and living in a Western country, chances are you already know about the Facebook group Subtle Asian Traits. Traits, so like features that are Asian, but they're subtle. So it's not like you don't wear something that says I'm Asian, but it's like through your actions, through your words, oh, we can tell they're Asian. The group connects Asians all over the world through memes and jokes about their shared experiences of growing up in a non-Asian country. Started by a small group of teenagers in Melbourne, Australia, Subtle Asian Traits amassed almost a million members in just a few months. I didn't even realize, like, I wanted... Hello, Escape from Plan A listeners. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'm your host, Oxford. And tonight, I'm joined by Philip. Hey, everybody. Good to be back. Sam. Hey. And Jay. Hey, everyone. This is a this is a motley crew here because I mean Philip, you are one of the core founding members, but you you've been AWOL for a while. Glad glad to have you back. Yeah, has been keeping you busy, huh? I've been stranded in the uh, the Midwest or the shit west, as some folks uh, like to call it. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> so yeah. in, in in winter, no less. Yeah, I mean Chicago's weather. I was in Chicago. Chicago's weather was kind of about the same as Toronto. Um, you know, kind of gloomy and shitty, but I had a good time out there aside from all the work I had to do. So. Mm-hmm. And Sam, uh, like you're practically a core member now. You're a frequent guest. Uh, mm-hmm. Last time, I think we saw you for our Halloween uh, spooktacular episode. So really glad to have you back. Uh, I guess it's uh, winter break for you now uh, from school. Yeah, so, finals just ended. And right after the semester end, like, I was dragged. <laughs> I say dragged because I was tired. To the car trip to Toronto. So I was able to meet uh, Philip and Jay. That was pretty cool. What's up? Yeah, and that, that, yeah, that was a nice photo you guys took. And and this and is this ch- is the most important thing, by the way. But but Sam said that the Chinese food in Toronto is better than in New York City. That's just true. <laughs> I yeah, can believe that. I can believe that. <laughs> Makes me sad now. I have to eat this food. It just means you have to come back and eat more of our mm-hmm. food. You know? Exactly. <laughs> and uh, Jay, so glad to have you back. You made your debut a few episodes ago in the uh, mental health episode. Yeah. Um, so this is your second time around. So yeah. you know we want you back. We want you back many times more. So yeah, how have you been? Oh, I've been good. Um, you know, just been celebrating Christmas, which is really just an excuse for my parents to tell me to impregnate someone and bring over my child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, so how, how have you guys been sp- uh, spending Christmas, uh, Philip and Sam? Ooh, uh, same old stuff. Like I've been doing this kind of like Christmas handoff with my uh, partner for some time now. Um, my family happens to celebrate on Christmas Eve and then her family celebrates on Christmas Day. Um, but it's been kind of fun the last few years because our niece from, from London, UK, has been uh, coming by. She's like two years old. So we're having a lot of fun playing. I'm apparently the, the, the fun uncle because I'm super imaginative. So we'll play a oh, lot of like good. pretend that's a good position stuff. to be in. Yeah, yeah, she really likes me, so it's been a lot of fun. Best with of her. both worlds, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sam, how about you? Um, like I said, my my celebration at end of semester slash Christmas was pretty much spent um in Canada. And well, I recently saw you guys. Uh, we were eating at a restaurant uh, the other day. Yeah, uh, we were there because CS was visiting. Hey, CS, uh, you're probably listening. So uh, it was great to meet you. And um, I feel weird like talking to like, you know, somebody who's like listening, but it's not like live. <laughs> anyway, yeah, a bunch of us uh, met up just uh, last night. So yeah, it was good to see you. Um, 
Yeah, just just my little Christmas thing. So I I live in a small studio here in New York City, and um, you know I can't really cook dinner, uh, and all the restaurants usually are closed. So starting last year, my brother was visiting, and he now lives in New York City too. We started this little tradition in which I'd buy uh you know shin ramen, the uh, Korean instant ramen, and eat that for breakfast <laughs> on Christmas morning because like we don't want to leave our our place and like go go to like go outside and stuff. So uh, we cook it and then we go out to our fire escape. And then uh, we eat it out there and it tastes really good. And we've done it two years in a row and it's it's become a, kind of a thing, I guess. So, I, I have to ask, is that the ramen that folks on like on social media are doing as like a challenge, like a spicy ramen challenge? Is that one? Uh, I don't think so. It's not that spicy. It is spicy, but I don't think it's spicy enough to do a challenge. Uh, so anyway, that's the, that's the uh, Kondo family tradition now. Anyway, let's uh, get back on track to our episode. So we are going to talk about uh, this, you know, by now very well-known Facebook group and family of groups now, the, the Subtle Asian Traits. And now it's expanded to other things like Subtle uh, Asian Dating. And Jay, thank you for inviting us to uh, Subtle Curry Traits. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm just trying to guy, get you guys into curry, you know. <laughs> we, well, we already are, yeah. are well. Curry, well, I, curry yeah. and I'm, gonna, I'm trying to tan you in the inside, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, uh, I uh, just today I I published an article on Plan A where I talked about the various questions that are generated just by the mere existence of these groups because they pull together many uh, young Asians all over the world and inevitably, uh, I mean, yeah, you'll have the boba memes and all uh, oh, my parents, you know, and and you know are, are like beating me into like getting good grades memes uh etc but then you start seeing some really good discussions come about because it's inevitable when you have all these people in one space together and there have been some uh articles written about this in like new york times and the atlantic and all that but it's really like just like they're quite frankly very boring they're just scratching the surface like oh uh this means that asian americans are thirsty for an identity but they never actually get into what it is so hey that's the planning advantage we can just talk about whatever we want so that's what this pod's all about so yeah uh, let's talk about it so what are some things you guys have been seeing because we're all part of these groups um some more active than others but what have you guys been seeing yeah i noticed this group but i didn't join in initially only because i'm like oh man i'm already in too many facebook groups mostly of like asian oriented <laughs> group but then my friend was like no like it's fun like it's there are a lot of funny memes you should join. I'm like, all right. And I, I enjoy it initially. Uh, the contents are pretty uh, expected, I guess. Like, yeah, about bubble tea, boba, um, Asian parents. Um, a lot of almost like a self-deprecation kind of humor on your own uh, sense of struggle in life with your family, with grades, with uh, the sense of cultural identity and whatnot. Um, and everything was fine, but the one, uh, the one post that really honestly got me pissed off because it's not a, it's not just instead of Asian trade that's been a problem for quite frankly generations where there was an Asian American woman. Well, actually, let me give a little more context. So there were several memes posts made by actually an acquaintance of mine. I haven't seen him in years, an Asian American guy, basically a meme about the type of Asian American girls, a woman that only date white guys, and what are those traits may look like, and that obviously got a lot of attention, and some Asian women got quite defensive, one of whom 
defended her choice of dating white men only and refusing to date Asian men with the reasoning of, and I told uh, Philip this, except I forgot one small detail, basically the saying, why would I want to do, date Asians uh, when my parents are perfect example of how oppressive Asians are? They are all sexist, misogynistic, homophobic, transphobic, and I forgot this part, um, ableist. I haven't heard that one specifically, like, you know, put to Asians. So I was like, wow, like just all the ism put together. Just, just keep adding the ists, you know, just, it, it, just, like, it, was, it just keeps adding. <laughs> yes, it was literally a list of ism and a comment. I'm like, damn, sis, you're reaching right there. But um, yeah, I don't see how that's like even agent specific. It's so like, I find that even more odd to like making a specific about sexism as an Asian guy trade, even when it's found in all men. I find it even more weird to say like Asian are somehow particularly more ableist. Like I've never heard that one before. So I was like, okay, I'm learning something new now, I guess. Um, and so, you know, I I usually can get serious in my response, um, get kind of pissed off about it. But instead, this time, like, I'm just going to be a kind of sarcastic. And I responded by saying, oh, yeah, Asian men are so terrible. Why the fuck would any one of us date them? And then I, I got several Asian guys kind of got that it was sarcasm and like that comment. And she was just like, whoa, oh. I don't mean to tell you or what other Asian women try to do or who to date. I'm like, okay, this isn't about the right uh, to date, the choice to date. This is about the reasoning behind your choice and not just behind why, who, of who you date, but also why you refuse to date someone of your own racial slash ethnic group with this most bullshit line of reasoning. That was that was about. I don't know if she missed that or like she played dumb. I'm not sure, but I thought it was ridiculous. Then another Asian American woman came in also in defense of her, saying, "Well, um, you should be understanding because Asian men have been so patriarchal, but like white men have been so progressive." I'm like, "Wait, what?" And that was like the weirdest line of defense, saying like, "Well, here in California, something, something." Uh, uh, white guys voted for I don't know Democrat voter I don't remember exact something like that and I'm like that is the weirdest like line of defense of why white men are progressive like you had to resort to some voting statistic like damn says your argument is really weak but um yeah that got me really pissed off then uh, eventually I wasn't able wait, to wait, wait, let's slow down let's slow yeah. down for a second let's um let's first examine the the logic of, of that reasoning with like why would I want to be with another Asian when my parents are so horrible I mean the 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 the, the underlying proposition there is that um, all Asians are like your parents that even um, uh, regardless of like cultural upbringing or whatever, just the fact that you're Asian means you're going to be like your parents. Uh, just uh, to so like, like a caveat of that is just like, no, all these Asian people are like my parents who are, let's list all the isms, transphobic, <laughs> homophobic, blah, blah, blah. You know, like this is, I mean, I hate using the word virtue signaling, but this is reaching. You're finding a reason to hate people and you're finding systemic reasons. And th- all of those things are really terrible too, right? But nobody says that I hate these people because of these reasons. You say, I hate this person because of how they treated me. But even from then, everyone is like that except for her. 
No, so, no, see, that, that, that's what I was getting at. So if all, like, Asian men are disqualified because of her parents, which includes her mother, it's not, if, if she said, like, oh, my, my Asian dad was like this, therefore I can't uh, be with men, I mean, that's, all, that's fucked up as it is, but at least it makes some sense in that system, in that self-contained logic. But if her mom is also implicated in that, why is she herself freed from this, like, curse of Asianness? And doesn't that, imp- like, okay, so if if Asians are just, like, all these laundry list of isms then why would anyone want to be with her who who also carry those isms right it it, it just does not make sense and, and it's like there's no use like justifying it at, like afterwards because it's already starting off from such a weird messed up uh point of view right uh, philip what are your thoughts i mean analyzing this to me seems like kind of like it we you've you've heard this line of reasoning before we've all seen this online offline right this is a pretty common thing within Asian America to hear this, um, you know, this reasoning. Why is it different? Why does it matter that it's happening in SAT, right? So I think one big thing is that like, it shows one that like, so the thing about SAT is that the demographics are a little bit different than what maybe the four of us are used to, right? They're a little bit younger. They're more um, Generation Z on the older end and the younger millennial uh, group. So there's a possibility, and I think you allude to this a bit in your article, Oxford, around them being a little bit more self-aware and a little bit kind of, you know, less, maybe less self-hating than the so-called lost generation of like older millennial second gen Asian Americans, right? But we're seeing this still. We're still seeing these conversations about interracial dating. We're still seeing these criticisms and this kind of like, you know, hatred of men within your own groups. That's still happening. Um, and I think another reason why it's significant is not just the fact that it's, it's still repeating itself, but it's now happening on a much bigger platform, Right. On this pod, we spend a lot of time talking about Reddit. We talk about Twitter a lot too. Twitter's a lot bigger than Reddit, but it's still very much so self-contained. And those two platforms too, by the way, this is the third reason why it's significant. Those two platforms, Reddit and Twitter, are anonymous for the most part, or Twitter can be anonymous, right? Um, But here on SAT, because it's on Facebook, you're actually saying these things out there with your own public persona, right? And it's going to be put out there permanently and people can look it up potentially, right? It's going to be kind of on the record um, indefinitely. And that, that I think there's implications there too to someone being willing to, to say it in this way where it's completely public. So, yeah. One those... thing about the public part, just wanted to kind of jump in, is what is different for SAT for me is that these conversations we've had on Plan A or on Reddit or in certain Facebook groups, you know, we've been having them for years, you know, literally like a decade. But these are conversations that I would only have with people I know online or a few people, select people. But when I go on SAT, all of a sudden, I'll see some guys that are clearly Reddit guys, are clearly, you know, <laughs> Asians on brainwashed by the media guys, or <laughs> clearly Asian identity-esque people. Sorry, I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with these groups, but okay, there's actually definitely... I mean, some, so, some of them are. There's, there's, there's a lot of problems. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Now they're going to go dox me. Shit. Anyway, <laughs> but, we'll protect you. <laughs> yes, but you know, like, but even then, like, there's some characters that will say completely grandiose statements about what's wrong with Asian men or what's wrong with Asian women or whatever. And then what I've noticed is that some of my Asian boys, in particular, or Asian girls, even, they've liked their comments. Little do they know, like, I know this person and how like toxic they are. But then, like, for one, for instance, it was like uh, a gay. Hong Kong born, but living in Canada and the US, like their comment is like, damn, I would never talk to you about this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, like, even 
otherwise toxic people can make sense some percentage of the time and i think yeah. what's really uh, destructive about uh, especially twitter is that um what like people stop listening to uh, other people based on like association or just like reputation and they're like i don't have to listen to you because you follow this person and they're like literally will not listen to you because they don't block you just because they have algorithms in which you get blocked because you follow yeah. someone that they don't like follow. yeah block yeah terms. but uh yeah but uh that does not mean that they can make some sense uh some part of the time and uh, uh sam you you um you alluded to like uh some like asian woman coming in and uh you know, being defensive over that original poster's very convoluted and and you know bullshit kind of excuse. But something that I've seen very encouraging is I've seen other types of posts which uh, does uh, address this uh, gender divide uh, among Asian Americans. And actually, some of the most loudest, um, like most passionate, angry voices I've seen have been from Asian women. And uh, interestingly, some of the most, hey, you know, let's all get along, you know, uh, have been from Asian guys. Yeah. So to see that has been very encouraging because I I think to think that this is just a bunch of like wagon circling, uh, you know, like cooties wars from like second grade playground tag. um, No, it's actually much more complicated than that. Yeah, no, I, I, I almost like that it was kind of reverse of like what would one expect. Uh, based on gender, like, I think people who expect the angry Asian guys and then just Asian women defending, you know, dating white guys. And, and, you know, there is that, but I've also seen a lot of reverse. Like, it was kind of weird for me and some other Asian woman being, like, pretty loud about saying, like, no, why the fuck should white guys or anyone not Asian here? I, I don't get it. Like, it's specifically clearly in, you know, based on the name, a group from Asians only. I don't I don't get why we're doing this. And then you have like Asian dudes defending it out of the name of inclusivity. Right. But, know, but, but this goes back to the whole public persona thing, right? And, and how subtle Asian traits is different because it's public is that Asian guys don't want to be on the record calling out, you know, this, this particular form of interracial dating because they're going to get the same stuff that people get on Reddit and on, on Twitter where they're just called like, you know, sad incels in their basements, right? Like you know, all I bitter. Push, I want to push back on that a little bit though. The reason I want to push back on that is because because it's such a large group and what I was really happy to see is that some people try to like push a narrative on it and we're going to be doing that. And of course my narrative is right. But the point <laughs> is like some of these narratives, they, you know, especially for more of that liberal-esque anti-oppression group that's, you know, without without a class consciousness, they tend to have these narratives of all these people are anti-black, all these people are whatever. But what I'm really impressed is that for all these problematic people, for whatever reason they're problematic, I mean, let's talk about the N-word, because Seinfeld, you know, he got you know, a little bit famous for not saying the N-word. For all of those fuckboys that are saying on the subtle Asian traits, saying, hey, I say the N-word because I'm hanging out with black people or I'm from California and I'm just a general fuckboy. Those guys... Every time they make a post, there's like 20 other guys or 20 other girls being like, you're an idiot. You need to stop doing this. Yeah. And, the, and the same thing like for all of these random guys that are being very, like, I don't know, having this persona of being inclusive and you can say whatever you want to say. I support you, but with no like kind of ideology behind it or anything concrete. For all of those guys, there's an equal amount of like women or other guys being like, hey, with nuance, they're saying what you're saying has 
like no meaning behind it. And what we're actually saying is this. And like that really impresses me. So, so Jay, Jay, are you saying that like that you're seeing kind of self-policing and self-moderation in these groups where people are kind yeah. of like clapping back when someone's saying something inappropriate? Yeah, I mean, when someone says something inappropriate, it's definitely clapping back. And there's nice uh, substantive mm-hmm. conversations mm-hmm. behind things. So, so here's, like, here's why this is important, right? The, the clapping back and the policing is the, another part of the SAT, you know, the, the traits of SAT. SAT is public, but SAT is also massive, right? They're like over a million folks now. And it spans all these different continents, started in Australia, but now it's like deep in America and, and Canada as well. When people see these things online, they see the clapback. That's what starts to shape real life conversations and real life culture, right? When they see people saying, hey man, you can't be using the N-word, like stop being such a fucking fuckboy. Like other fuckboys are going to see this and they're going to stop s- slowing down that activity in real life, right? So the effects- I'm, I'm so that- glad we're using the word fuckboy, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ever since that episode about John being a fuckboy, um, <laughs> uh, I thought it was a fuck man. I, th- I think uh, John's might be a little uh, long in the tooth to be. That's right. To be a that's right. Boy. That's right. Um, but but there's real. I'm just saying there's there's real life consequences. Finally, I think that in the Twitter spaces that like the you know that we we talk on, right? Not a lot. A lot of conversation happens, but not a lot of like um, concrete results come out of it. In my opinion. Right, because there's small, small bubble, bubbly in groups that are communicating amongst each other, right? But on SAT and on Facebook, just because it's a massive scale and it's public, there is going to be, I think, a lasting effect, and I think for the better. But we can debate that. Yeah, in my article, I mentioned it's the it's the scale that's really uh, like revolutionary about these spaces because the ideas they're talking about are very old ideas that have never gotten resolved because they never, quite frankly, have never been allowed to get resolved. Uh, so it's the same questions usually revolving around, um, well, who counts as Asian? Uh, should we let white people in? Um, if you have like a, a white partner, like, uh, you know, how does that affect the space, the, uh, the Asian spaces? These are all legit questions that, that need to get uh, talked about. But what's really different is like, for example, in Reddit, uh, it, it is anonymous. And I, I and a frequent problem in Reddit is that sometimes like uh, a, a purportedly f- uh, female user will come in and nobody really knows like who she is, like, you know, and things like that. Um, whereas in Facebook, as I said, well, I, I think one of the best uh, developments of this is seeing that, yes, there are Asian women who feel um, ways that I think a lot of Asian guys feel like, oh, yes, finally, somebody who understands us. Whereas if that happens on Reddit, a lot of it is like, oh, you know, this could be a troll. I, I don't really know what she's about. But to have someone with like a real name, like, you know, like, like 2000 Facebook friends, so you know that she's not fake, uh, a real picture and all that. To see someone like that's really sticking up for you, I think is is like psychologically such a such a big lift. And like whereas on Reddit, it, especially with like some of the subreddits where the mod, mod uh, teams are just very uh, heavy-handed. No discussion is allowed. On Twitter, a lot of trolls around. And quite frankly, uh, Twitter's not that big a platform in the big scheme of things. Um, so I think the, just the openness and the scale of these groups are, are what's really exciting to me. Yeah, so just just a, a few stats here, right, for context, right? Our Asian American, our friends at all, our Asian American, 24... Our good friends. Good friends. Hi, our Asian American, we love you. What's up, buds? <laughs> thousand subscribers. Right, not not necessarily viewers, but subscribers, um, and then uh, on our AI, our Asian identity, I think we got about seventeen k, right? But I've seen some of their internal numbers; they've got kind of hundreds of thousands of views on a on a monthly basis, I think. So pretty impactful, but I don't think anywhere near the magnitude of SAT. SAT is like over a million now, right? That's correct. Or, or yes. close to it, yeah. And uh, 
subtle Asian dating is like at least I think two hundred fifty thousand, like a quarter of a million, and probably rising since I last checked that stat. Subtle uh, curry trades also very big. It's like a quarter two, of a million, two hundred thousand something. Yeah. That's the funny thing. I thought Facebook was dead. <laughs> you know, because no, like, cause like, like A and B M, like the, the, those guys are a bunch of loons. And then, um, you know, you got like Asians now and Asians today. You know, nice groups, but I mean, nothing really goes on there. I don't think. But yeah, so who knows, right? You never know what's what's around the corner. Right. Yeah, it's really refreshing to hear voices from like young Asian American, most of whom fall under the age range of like late high schooler to early college. Yeah. Students. They're all like college age, so like yeah. yeah, yeah, and so while that's refreshing, um, I'm frustrated by the suppression on discussion on certain topics, particularly on WMAF, and Philip has uh, pointed this out, but it's quite telling that they would shut that down, perhaps uh, by just by saying, "Well, this is too controversial. This is, uh, you know, too many division feet going on, so we gotta." gonna shut us down but they would allow other posts that obviously generate a lot of heated comments and controversy like the meme that i call false binary meme you guys you know call what what the- i call it a false binary meme so basically one of the admin uh created i'm pretty sure it's she's an admin of the group created a memes showing it's it's uh, everybody in the meme are like white apparently um and so this white woman listening on the headphones like east asians were about media representation meanwhile some getting dragged in the background so south asian being deported and i'm like all right this is really weird because this makes it seem like as if only east asian are worried about media representation and don't worry about deportation i know tons of south asian americans that care about media representation like one two i know these asians American actors are fighting against deportation. Three, we can talk about both. They're never mutually exclusive. I, I just find it so odd to create, like I said, a false binary. And then for those of us who vocalize our critique of that meme, then we get accused of, well, you care more about this meme than deportation issue, which I'm like, really? I mean, look, if... And this is I, all the dating so stuff, right? This is this isn't. I think it's at an Asian dating site. I don't think it was an Asian. I think uh, they, they're all they're all very similar. So they, they kind of like blur in my mind. But it's just kind of weird. I mean, if you care about deportation rights of you know immigrants, whether they've been naturalized or not naturalized, all of a sudden going on a dating site and saying, you know what, the damn East Asians don't care about people getting deported. It's like, come on, man. Like <laughs> that's not where you get. That's not how you organize, right? That's how you vent. You're venting to a bunch of exactly. single it's 21 year olds. Jay, you're totally right. This is pure venting. Um, I mean, I talk about this in my article, but it's like, I mean, if if we're being totally brutally honest, uh, like like even like Southeast Asians, nobody's doing enough for these deportees. Like the people who are getting angry about that meme, have they even signed a petition? I don't know how many of them actually have. And um, if they accuse, uh, I, I saw commenters who were saying, oh, you East Asians, you get more upset about this meme than you do about the actual deportees. But all the people who are getting upset at the East Asians for getting upset, the meme, they, they were getting more upset about East Asians not caring about the deportees than the actual deportees themselves. Like, <laughs> they were spending all this energy hating on these like supposedly dastardly East Asians and actually going out there and doing stuff for, for these de- uh, poor deportees. So, I mean, what's it really about? It's really about, I think, resentment against um, th- this kind of dominance that East Asians have 
which I think is true. And, you know, as an East Asian myself, uh, I think it's very easy for me to think, well, when like uh, Koreans or Korean Americans do well, it's good for all Asians because basically we all, we're all chinks to them, right? So w- who cares? But I think there is, I think if you were not Korean, if you're maybe like Southeast Asian, you might be thinking, how come like all the actors, how come all like the athletes, um, how come all like whatever, all the pop groups and all that, how come they're all Korean? How come we don't get a piece of that? And I think that's genuine. But let's, uh, you know, let's not use deportees as a, as like a excuse, um, you know, so yeah. Is it, isn't it good that these conversations are being had though? Right. Cause, exactly. Cause, and I think it's great that it's, it's happening in yeah, these spaces. Because I, yeah. I don't think that these people are posting these things on like Sato Asian dating because they think that it's relevant to Sato Asian dating. They're posting it because you now have these Facebook groups that have tens to hundreds of thousands to a million plus people who are looking at it. Right. It's about getting those eyeballs and those on those uh, facts. And you you're seeing this in, in not just in like political activism on these groups, but also like the fact that they're trying to monetize it now. Right. There's like fucking sponsored content and fucking SAT now. Um, and that, that could that could that could crush the whole thing. It could be part of making it not cool anymore. Right. But you have so many eyeballs in one place that like interesting things are happening. Like the fact that the political conversations are happening is more relevant here than it is on Twitter, even if the Twitter conversations are better and more evolved and more kind of mature just because you're, you're getting I more... would highly question <laughs> okay, okay okay fine 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 but the point is that you know more conversation can come out of it and more people can get activated in these places wait, wait can i just say what an indictment it is of twitter that you can be like a like a like a 40 year old blue check with like multiple bylines on twitter oh, man. and the conversation the stuff you're saying doesn't match like a 19 year old like college student on facebook uh i think it's a total indictment of like twitter personalities so <laughs> um i mean but, one, okay, one uh, issue with twitter is that it's it's often very much like in silos right cuz i remember i mentioned the exactly, your, yeah. your queer your queer asian gang that's what i call them but like all queer asian People, they got their own little like group going and they do all their tweets and they all see their tweets. And then if you're not part of the queer Asian gang, you don't really get them. If you're part of like the very small Asian communist gang, which is part of one of the communist gangs, you don't hear much about Noam Chomsky as much. That's right. That's right. And if you're from the larger liberal feminist groups, you'll get, you know, the usual things about Kavano and whoever. The bubbles are very real, right? Yeah. But this like, because, I mean, Asian American or Asian Canadian, it's a very socially constructed political group. Like, it's very obvious. Like, all these ethnic groups are quite different, but they come to each other and they share all kinds of experiences, which I really like, even though they're all 21, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, one of our uh, core planning uh, members, Mark, uh, he was... Um, you know, he, he wants to see what's in these groups, but uh, I mean, he's recently married. He's like, oh, damn, how am I going to explain to my wife that I'm, <laughs> I'm in this group called Subtle Asian Dating and they're all full of like 20 year olds? <laughs> you know, I just want to just for research, to go, Mark. It's for go find a mistress in California. That's all, you know. I'm sure um, she'll understand. <laughs> okay, uh, Sam, I want to go back to like the, the first point you made about that uh, that Asian girl who was like, oh, I, I you know, I. I don't want to be another like Asian because then we're just going to become my parents. And I, I think like at the core of it is this question that I also address in my article. It's like, what place, if any, do white people, especially white guys, have in these spaces? And I think what we're seeing is is a very much needed discussion, even like battle over over that question. Because I think there are some Asians 
who are very like pro-white inclusion. They see that as liberal, which I find quite hilarious that um that like Asian liberalism is like the only so-called uh progressive movement that ends up caping for straight white men it's just like come on like that's ridiculous but anyway um and i think they're clashing with uh, other asian americans who are like no um being asian like asian spaces uh should be for asians because we're like minorities we don't we never had a space of our own um and i think this is an argument that really needs to be had i just wanted to say i really wanted to talk about this issue because through the past like you know few years on facebook or whatever White people ruin conversations all the time. Like, <laughs> I don't understand how, I mean, um, in theory, we should be inclusive. White people are allies, blah, blah, blah. But the amount of tomfoolery white people bring into groups, it's, it just, it just freaking amazes me. Like, it's like they live in a different country when they use the internet. Going on subtle Asian traits, you know, we have all these cute memes about white people and Asian parents and blah, blah, blah. I think it's really intuitive and it's easy to understand. And I know if you bring up random African kids or South American kids or even Eastern European kids to read these memes, they kind of understand it intuitively. But then white people try to join in. And I am so surprised at how they don't understand anything. One of them is, would always be like, hey, look at me. I'm using chopsticks while eating this curry while my Asian girlfriend is using like, a spoon and fork. And we're like, yeah, and that, that was actually an actual post, by the yeah, way. Yeah. That was an actual post. And it's kind of like, yo man, Southeast Asians have been using, we've been using our hands for a curry for a millennial. You mean you South, know, South like, Asians, right? Well, so no, yeah, and Southeast Asian, you know, Filipinos, Indonesian, no, yeah, yeah. They, they know what I'm talking about. That's, that's how you get that good taste in the food. We're using your hands. You know? And, and then there's other weird things that go on too. Just like some things are just directly racist. Like white guys just saying really weird things about people's last names and other weird things about like, you know, trying to like white splain things about names and ancestry and some weird thing. It seems like white people have trouble with Filipino last names. I don't really understand. And, and that makes no sense. It's like Filipino, a lot of Filipino Spanish. last names are just Spanish. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I think it's more like when they have like the non-Spanish last names, when they have like that really indigenous oh. name, so like, oh, why would you do that? I don't understand. It's like, yeah. because they're proud of who they are, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> All right, a couple of things I want to throw out for a discussion. One is um, the gender imbalance. It's like, it, like to be honest, it's not just white people who are usually in the spaces. It's almost always white guys, specifically straight white guys. And uh, I mean, Jay, uh, you are, you know, you're like South Asian and you're part of like subtle uh, curry trades. You told me that white people are not really as interested in that. Um, and we saw that because like uh, in, in GQ, there was a recent article about the dating app East Meets East. And the headline was like the controversial Asian dating app. But it's like, well, first of all, it's, it's really not that controversial, especially considering that there's like Dill Mill, Shadi, Jay Date, Christians Mingle, you know, every, every like group kind of has their thing. But it's like, why is this controversial? It's only controversial in the context of uh, uh, straight white guys who believe they have some, um, should be, uh, have some access to Asian women uh, that they don't care about in terms of like black women or South Asian women or like Latinas or whatever. Um, so... It, that gender imbalance, I think, is is a big factor in this because I think if it were equally like uh, kind of like screwy Asian, I mean, uh, screwy white guys and white girls coming in, I think it'd be it'd still be an issue, but it, it'd be less uh, of an issue. And uh, yeah, well, for, so first, let's talk about that 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 gender imbalance. Yeah. 
so, so one thing about white women in subtle Asian traits that I've seen, which is very interesting, is that if you go to like any in real life and you do organize, organizing in general, especially with like race and class solidarity, white women tend to be quite annoying. Actually, I would say they're more annoying than <laughs> white men. And one of the reasons behind that is that white men that are in social justice areas, like in, in, in regular life, in my opinion, they tend to navigate those places really well because they know that they could be on fire at any moment, right? But white women, they're a little bit more lax and they're kind of annoying and they rub people the wrong way. And I hope people listening understand what I'm talking about. But in subtle Asian traits, I was really surprised that a lot of white women, they would actually add the conversation about how they experience racism while getting married to Asian guys. Yeah. And I thought that was really peculiar. It happens sometimes on other groups, but they were more like sincere about it and less annoying and less preachy, like less of a... Oh, I'm experiencing racism because I'm married to an Asian guy. That's kind of like, yo, that Asian guy is getting racism all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that being said, they came from a place that seemed I was a little bit sympathetic to. So that thing was yeah. pretty interesting. And then I, just before I forget, subtle or curry traits, like there are like no white people there. In fact, like what I love about <laughs> it is that you will get more names out of East Asian or Southeast Asian origin being tagged in there way more than white people and even the memes all the memes are way more wholesome like they're less of this like like if they make fun of like the one that i thought was really funny you had like a dishwasher that was really full and it's like when you date an indian guy and then it had a, a dishwasher oh, I, had, I had problems with that <laughs> well that's weird because i had more problems with that than you did. <laughs> I, I thought it was really funny just because like a lot of these brown girls were there were like hey, I really hate doing the dishes. I guess I do need a white guy. And I just thought it was funny. It was yeah. like, like, it was more like when they were making fun of it for brown guys being, you know, mom boys or whatever. It was more like wholesome fun. More like, haha, I'm teasing you. Not, I think you're a terrible person. I never want to go <laughs> so, be around a brown guy ever. So I was going to tell Jay, there actually is one white guy who keeps showing up in subtle career traits who I see all the time. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. You know who Nick Jonas is? <laughs> right, yes. I mean, Nick Jonas is married, yeah. yeah, Yo, yeah. Th- that guy was named GQ's most stylish man of the year. Are oh you fucking God, kidding me? Oh my God, he's awful. Anyway, Are you anyway he's in a lot of the memes, right? He's in a lot of the memes there too, so. Yeah, that, that yeah, is but see, that, That's why it's suspicious. It's like, because uh, like a lot of the, the, the white guys in these uh, Asian spaces will be like, oh, I'm just being curious. This is like multiculturalism, diversity. It's like, well, how come you're not going over to, you know, subtle curry trades? You know, South Asian culture is uh, just as, you know, vibrant, if, uh, you know, if not more so, you know, than like East slash Southeast Asian culture. Why aren't you going there? You know, so it's, it, it's very suspicious. That, and I think there's a legit... Uh, you know, like side eyeing going on. It's like, oh, well, why are you here? And it's probably because you're kind of like striking up with, you know, white girls or something. So you think, oh, I'll just go into the agent spaces and I'll be a VIP here. I mean, right. it's the I same. Mean- it's the same shit as real life, right? Like, it's just kind of reflective of what we see uh, on the streets, but also online in other spaces as well. So I don't think that's any different. Mind you, a lot of these white guys who do end up on these posts in the comment threads or posting on on their own, they're there because they have a, a Asian partner. So you know, take that for what it's worth. But yeah, I don't think there's a lot of like single dudes trying to come in here looking for ladies. I don't know about subtle Asian dating because I'm not in it. Um, but at least the ones I see in SAT are there because they get tagged in by um, an Asian girlfriend or they want to mention an Asian girlfriend in their posts about whatever they're trying to talk about. Um, that's often when you see them. 
Uh, Sam, I want to get your thoughts on this idea because I think what really ticks off uh, Asian guys uh, when they see this happen is that they think that these uh, these Asian women are giving uh, like invitations to to these white guys into uh, basically some kind of like social territory that is not these Asian women's to give away. Because I think a lot of Asian guys, we feel like, okay, it's hard enough for us to kind of like be welcomed into these non-Asian spaces. And these Asian spaces are some of the only places where we feel totally uh, non-judged for our like race, gender combination. And for like these Asian women to just give passes to these white guys uh, to come in is infringing on our territory. It's like it's one thing if like these these like uh, Asian women are inviting like white women to and then that's like that's like a totally different issue. Uh, mm-hmm. But for you to do that is like giving away something that rightfully belongs to us. And I think that's one of the contentions behind this. What do you think? I'd love to hear your thoughts. I can see that. But the thing is, I don't even think most Asian women are aware of that, that a lot of Asian guys in America feel the only spaces they can feel comfortable and belong to are like Asian cultural spaces. I don't even think. No, I agree. That, that's why these women do it because because they they don't realize how how like pissed off the guys are getting, and that's why they get confused. Like, yeah. oh, I thought we're being all liberal and accepting, and, and yeah. Do you, do yeah, you think I mean, the guys are pissed off? Like, do you think they're because again, like going back to what we said earlier about public personas, guys unwilling to speak out about their kind of rage at this interracial dating issue. Are they actually pissed off that there's a bunch of white guys running around SAT talking about their Asian girlfriends? Wait, Philip, who are you asking? I'm asking, I'm asking you, actually, Oxford. Uh, I, I think for sure. I think every Asian guy doesn't, doesn't like the fact that when we try to go into like white spaces, we, we face all sorts of obstacles, yet we are expected to basically roll out the red carpet in the name of this like fake-ass progressivism that somehow um, caters to like the most dominant group in our society. When it comes to our home, and curve. to be clear, like you're talking about allowing white guys into the spaces, right? Not into the relationships, because yeah, yeah. I, I think if uh, if these women and and these like men went off into like white spaces, I I think I think we either wouldn't care, would be like more power to you, go go like you know take back some enemy territory or something like that. But the fact that you're now coming into our space and expecting us to do all the yielding, because and also. Um, you know, like like uh, gender ratios is a very big factor in, in determining how uh, social dynamics work. I mean, we see we hear it all the time. We're like, oh, India and China are in crisis because like too many men. Or like in college campuses, the reason why like nobody dates and everyone just has like one night stands is because there are too many women. That cre- that like you know, I hate to reduce human relationships to like economics, but some of it is truthful. It's like supply and demand, right? Um, so that's kind of what's happening in Asian spaces. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's like part of the anger. Yeah, to support like Philip's previous point, I do think this virtual space is reflective of what happened in real life space for Asian American because there have been several times when I attend Asian American events. In fact, the last one being some type of art show, and it was um, this artist that was demonstrating his family history and the complication it has um, shaped by his identity. And it was mostly Chinese American, maybe some other non-Chinese Asian American. And then there were a few interracial couples and all those interracial couples have been Asian women with white men. And that's been a pattern I notice every time. I have not seen other types of interracial pairs at, the, 
at these types of events. And I think it's telling, like, again, of the gender um, imbalance and the dynamic. And I think we have to be honest how that do affect the dynamic of the space. Even if you were to remove race out of it, let's say everyone is of the same race. Um, just the fact there are more men or there are more women would inevitably affect like the dynamic space. Like, there's a reason why nightclubs purposely make it free for the ladies so that more girls will coming in and so they're more guys willing to pay like it's you know like you said economics yeah. Sa- Sam's a hardcore clubber yeah she goes out clubbing every night I don't actually I never <laughs> really go to one but there's a reason why these businesses do it this way because they understand gender ratio affects the dynamic of space and in this case benefits to businesses it's the same thing that we're seeing in these spaces and I think we have to be honest about that yeah I mean the thing is is, is this happening naturally right like i don't think the sat mods are doing anything about that in fact if anything they're defending you know the conversation well sorry they're shutting down the conversations around wmaf because those are kind of the few posts i've seen locked down right in uh in sat and that that kind of worries me because that makes me wonder if like it's just going to go the way of our asian american you know where the mod the moderators just don't really want to have this conversation at all and so they very quickly shut it down and so these kind of divisions happen right away um you know we should we should talk about sometime maybe towards the end of this pod about um does does sat have a lasting effect and what's the what what could be the cause of its downfall right and i think this could be but, but see see philip uh let me ask you this when our asian americans shut down that dialogue in their space did that shut down dialogue in the greater sphere no they they basically gave birth to us, <laughs> and and uh, indirectly the um it, the discussion you cannot stop real discussions, real experiences, people sharing their real experiences that only uh, motivates people to want to talk about it more. Yes, and you know what, like like subtle Asian trades in like three months, I bet everyone's gonna be like, oh yeah, that is so twenty eighteen or something. Uh, but the people will have gotten a taste of what it's like to have the freedom to talk about what they think, what they experienced and all that. And that's going to go on uh, either to another Facebook group, to another platform. Maybe these people, I, I've seen, you know, those meetups where like hundreds of these people are getting together. I, I'm pretty sure that they're continuing on these conversations in real life. No moderator can shut that down uh, because this discussion keeps coming up like every decade. Like, yes. It, it cannot be shut down because it's a genuine issue. It, goes at the core of what it means to be like Asian uh, in the West, basically. Um, and yeah, no, no, nobody can shut that down. It's going to go on whether you like it or not. But so I, to- totally I, agree. I agree and disagree. I agree that the conversation will keep happening, but I disagree in terms of like it not like if we want to get to some kind of resolution about this, right, or reach some kind of agreement about this, it has to happen in a, in a manner that actually affects the culture, right? And I think what we're saying at the beginning of this, uh, this pod is that SAT is really interesting because it actually is such a critical mass of people doing it in public, right? That it can actually end up affecting the culture. But if it gets shut down prematurely, nothing's going to happen. It's just going to become another, you know, what do we call RAA? Like a, like a boba, like, like K-drama watching party, right? It's just going to become boring, basically. Uh, but... I think they'll either make their own group or, you know, some of these people, whether they, they, whatever, like, 
Yeah, and then you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna faction you know faction off into your silos. You're gonna become the little Twitter in groups again, and then nothing's gonna get done politically. I think the the scale though is different because I, I think the the Twitter, especially on Twitter, you have these like very specific people uh, wielding disproportionate amount of influence and and the kind of like a big majority of people who aren't saying anything. But I think these Facebook groups are activating those people who had been previously silent. And I have no idea what they're going to do after this. Because, like, this group's not going to last forever, even if it was, like, the, the moderators weren't shutting these discussions down. Because, you know, like, that that's just a cycle of the internet. Um, they're going to become old news pretty soon, probably. Uh, but, th- you know, these discussions happen because these are real feelings these people have. And these feelings aren't going to go away. So, I think, uh, you know, us at Plan A is, like, we're... We should be trying to continue to encourage these discussions to happen. We don't have all the solutions. We don't really know what the resolution looks like, but we definitely know the resolution is not going to happen if we keep shutting this down. I totally agree. I I can't help but to wonder, like, see, initially I was a little more sympathetic to the admins and moderators, which can be a lot to handle when you see all these heated discussion. Um, And and I thought it was, initially, I I thought they were just trying to lessen the amount of posts or threads or discussion on controversial topics. But I see that it's not necessarily the case. They're actually quite selective about it. Like, it's telling that they would shut down threads about WMAF issue, but not other controversial issues. I think that's really telling. And so it makes me wonder, like, why? What is their reason behind that? Why are they particularly selective about what they censor, essentially, eventually? Um, whose interests are they protecting? And I'm sorry, I can't help but to wonder, maybe because some of the admins, by the way, if you look at a majority of whom are Asian women, maybe because I white boyfriend and I don't want to defend that. I mean, yeah, um, I think uh, to give them a, uh, some sympathy, I think um, they have absolutely no leadership to look up to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, these are like, what, like 20, 21 year olds? Some of them are like 19 um, or something, it's crazy. Yeah, they're they're so young, and I think they are uh, doing the best they can, but they really have no path to follow, and that's a failure on like our generation's part and like the generations that came before them part. Because as I said, we like either buried our heads in the sand or we suppressed any discussion on this. So I, I will sympathize with them in that you know it is a lot to ask for them to you know take this very difficult this the conversation that has like flummoxed everyone who came before them and saying hey solve this uh but yeah i, I think um now yeah they, you can like shut down a thread but you know what already like 500 comments on it everyone's gonna see those comments these feelings are real um these feelings are organic and you can't stop them yeah by the way i just checked out the gender ratio of admins and moderators of set of asian traits and set of asian dating and um it's been majority women. I find it interesting, at least for set of Asian traits. That's definitely the case. Uh, I guess slightly more guys um, for set of Asian dating. Well, for moderators, because when it comes to admins, it's also mostly women. So I can't help to think that will shape the dynamic and the type of discussion that get generated. Uh, in case people don't know, I mean, subtle Asian dating. I when I first got on, uh, saw it. It was really, I, I it was really funny because like uh, so the, with subtle Asian dating, what happens is, uh, like friends, uh, create these dating profiles of their friends, and it's it's like um, but it's all very like tongue in cheek, and it, it's almost like a roast 
<laughs> and uh, like for instance, like a lot of girls, they're like, uh, it's basically an auction. They're like auctioning off these people, like it's kind of like a marriage market. Um, and they'll be like, um, they oh, she's like wholesome, but she's also wholesome, you know, like H O E, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then they like uh, select all these pictures of of them, and I just liked seeing, I guess, Asians. Uh, kind of like I guess poke fun at themselves, drool- like drooling over other Asians because like, we honestly don't see that a lot in in America. And um, despite what some some like kind of paranoid guys on on Asian Reddit might say, I mean it wasn't like it was it's like mostly all like ninety nine percent Asian. I didn't I yeah. really didn't see that many like non Asians there. Maybe like a few hapas here and there, but it was like mostly all Asian. Um, so j- just to see that and and. And there's like a recent um, article in, in Vice where this uh, Asian male photographer, he was like, I- I'm taking pictures of, of like Asian couples, Asian American couples in love, whether it's like male, female, 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 male, male, whatever. Because it's like in America, like Asian Americans basically aren't allowed to uh, fall in love with each other. And I thought he had a good point. And I'm encouraged that this is like a turning point because I think for the last yeah. few decades, the message has been, um, if, if you're like a good Asian American, like progressive, uh, good American, you're kind of not supposed to uh, be in your own group. And the only reason you'd be is if you kind of had no option. And I think that's uh, in terms of Asian guys, uh, there was some notion that, well, they're, they're kind of with Asian women because, um, you know, no, no other race really wants them. And then if you're like an Asian woman, uh, of course, if you had the option, you would go outside your group, preferably to white. But I, there are some other things. Like if you look at like Ali Wong's, uh, you know, whole act, which like celebrates her and her like Asian husband, or there are like these couple of uh, tweets recently made by John Cho and Jake Choi, both of whom are, I mean, John Cho is obviously a very famous actor. Jake Choi is kind of like an up and coming Asian American actor. They both made these tweets where they were like, I, uh, I want to see more Asian families. I want to see more Asian couples, or I want to see more like interracial couples that aren't just uh, people of color with white people. So I think this is hopefully the next wave of our conception of, of, of love. It doesn't always have to revolve around white people. Have those guys been criticized yeah. of uh, hyper Asian toxic masculinity yet? <laughs> well, John Cho has. John, Remember John a few Cho years has, ago when yeah. he, there was that uh, New York uh, Magazine interview where he said something like he, he he's raising his, uh, his uh, Asian son and he's married to I think like a Japanese American woman. He's raising his Asian son and he's like, I, I have some trepidation about raising him in an all white neighborhood because I think um, in in some ways Asian men have it harder than Asian women. And, you know, the usual, like, Twitter crowd came down on him, started the whole hyper-masculation uh, hashtag. I, th- um, I think one thing he did was also, I think he was in a gay relationship on Star Trek, and I think he kind Yeah, of, Star Trek 3, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. alluded to that as well, like, you know, about uh, it would be nice to see an Asian man with a whatever woman. I don't really recall the details. And I think he goes, is that the same thing, or is it a different? Oh, uh, I, I think that was maybe a little after, but, um, yeah. I mean, I still find John Cho extremely wholesome. <laughs> yeah, for the yes. most part. Yeah, that motherfucker has not aged in like since American Pie. Seriously, I mean, he's got like a few wrinkle lines, maybe, but he he's, like looks the same. Looks good, man. He looks good. I, I mean, the thing about John Cho versus Carl Penn is Carl Penn. He was Todd in that Van Wilder movie, and it's kind of interesting that like Carl Penn was in this extremely like 
it's you know like they all these asian guys and women they talk about how they don't want to take those racist roles but kalpan had like this weird i'm taj i'm this indian fob student i'm just gonna make fun of myself i have a whole movie to myself and everyone is kind of just like forgiven him they're like he has a whole movie to himself like it was like a spin-off yeah 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 number two there's a second one oh shit i didn't know that i I vaguely remember it yeah did it go straight to dvd uh, maybe it went like that, or maybe you did see it and you repressed it because you're like, I really like Cal Penn. I don't want to do this. And then oh, he man. was like, okay, I better be good so people don't get mad at me again. And, uh, well, I mean, John Cho doesn't have that power because he just put great content. He's always been, you know, picking the roles he wants. Yeah, quality actor. Yeah, I do kind of want to talk, mention about how uh, the article that was deleted saying, um, Nick Jonas is the prize that was won by this Indian actress. Like, how this is all a fucking scam. Um, that, I think, it's very telling. I think we should address that. Sure. Oh, are we talking about Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas? Yeah. Can, can, I, can I just do oh, a quick introduction about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I have, like, so many thoughts on that, but so, please, Jake. So, ahead. I mean... <laughs> Everyone should know Priyanka Chopra. She's, you know, she was big in Bollywood. She's she came stateside. She's nice. I'm glad you like her. <clears throat> For Indian people, I would say it's a kind of a 50-50. On one hand, her annoying fake British accent or Anglo-Indian accent is really annoying. But on the other hand, she's cute. She's nice. <clears throat> she's a great actor. So I guess she's pushing 40, if not she is 40. And then she got married to Nick Jonas, who I think is probably 32 or something. He's like around our age. No, he's in his mid-20s. Oh, he's in his mid-20s. Oh, damn. He's like oh, 26. Man. Right? So then you have like this age gap and then you have him. And then I guess to people are just, there was one article where they kind of made it appear like Priyanka Chopra is using Nick Jonas. And then that oh, kind God. of blew up. That was in the cut. And that was in the cut, exactly. And I mean, like the cut <laughs> is not the type of you know internet content producer that writes those kind of articles so they immediately apologize and then they just Uh, deleted it i think they are like do you not read the cut jay well i know i mean i do read it but they do a more like a woman-centered-esque articles they don't usually do things like women are taking advantage of men like this weird almost mra yeah but there, there is like a kind of like a gossipy side to them there's definitely know? a gossipy they have like the, side, for sure. the, like the sex diaries and yeah, right so. right yeah. so and, i mean so that i thought it was weird this is it's a little bit against the narrative but anyone who knows priyanka chopra knows that she is quite amazing she's probably made tons of fucking money what has nick jonas done in the most like recent time nick jonas seems like the most mediocre white man you can think of i was supposed to say like Priyanka, I mean, she doesn't need him or any other man. And I'm gonna guess she her net worth is actually worth more than his. I mean, I know Americans may know may heard of the name Nick Jonas more than Priyanka Chandra, but if you're talking about worldwide, dude, no. Like, why is it that she's a scam artist? Why can't be Nick Jonas is a scam artist? Yeah, I mean, like, first of all, like Nick Jonas is not even like the best. Jonas in like <laughs> his group. It's clearly exactly. Joe it's Jonas. It's yeah. it's clearly Jonas. Joe Jonas. Um, and but I think yeah, like Priyanka Chopra in terms of like if you like measure, I bet they're like Twitter followers or like fan count or whatever. Like Priyanka Chopra is way above Nick Jonas. But I, I do think there's a reality in which it, when like international stars come to America, and this even includes like European stars. Although I think if you're not white, it's even steeper you do suffer this massive hit to your um, value. And I, I think a lot of our 
we have our personal experiences with it because I think if we had parents who were, you know, doctors or engineers or whatever in in like their uh, home countries when they immigrated, they had to kind of like get recertified and retrained or whatever. It's the same with these celebrities. And I think there is this truth that, yeah, you know, Priyanka Chopra is like a hundred times the star that Nick Jonas is. Yet when she is in Hollywood, Nick Jonas, just by virtue of being a white American guy, does have this thing star that power, she yeah it's not even star power it's just like this status that he can bestow upon her that no matter how famous she is in like say india that she will never have unless she like somehow uh like connects with him in some way which i think is kind of an ugly truth that people don't want to acknowledge it's uh it's a symbolic power of being a white man in hollywood so even if you're not like top of the top just that in itself, apparently, it's like a privilege you got to be grateful for when you're a person of color with with a, a white person like that. Yeah, you see the the big ass wedding they had, and like almost literally. Oh my god! That yeah. I've, I've seen pictures. It was so odd because it was. I think it almost like rivaled like the royal wedding between uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Yeah, as but far as the country was, was concerned, yeah, it was really big. But it was yeah, it's like like Nick Jonas is no Prince Harry. And I mean, like, like I mean, obviously Priyanka Chopra is a huge star, but you know, it's not like she's marrying into royalty. Yeah. But it was this massive event. But she, that, she is um, royalty there. He isn't. But to what extent that's was true. rolling out the yeah. red carpet? <clears throat> excuse me, about him and not about her, right? Yeah, and and mm-hmm. there were some very interesting um, articles that came out in reaction to that article from the Cut. And there was one article that I found particularly interesting. It was from Huffington Post. It was written by a South Asian woman. And I appreciate it because it was just brutally honest. She was basically saying that um, like these haters were hating on a South Asian woman because South Asian women are not supposed to be like desirable. But uh, mm-hmm. Priyanka Chopra came and she uh, just the fact that she like got, got a white man and like a relatively... You know, like like Nick Jonas, as we were making fun of him before, but you know he is like a celebrity and everything. Uh, the fact that she got him was like upsetting the social order, and that's why people were upset. And I appreciate it for its honesty in that mm-hmm. this uh, affirms that there is a significance to having a white partner, which goes back to the whole thing about you know with these like Asian spaces, like can like mm-hmm. white people, especially like um, white partners, especially uh, white male partners, do they affect the social space? And I think the answer is unequivocally no i mean yes sorry <laughs> it's unequivocally yes because <laughs> how can you say that it's not when we all acknowledge that we live in like a white you know supremacist society or whatever if you acknowledge it how can you how can you say well you know like um our, our race partner does not matter of course it matters and i think that contradiction is what causes a lot of the frustration and anger it's like come on like be consistent be honest I think even the white guys understand it because when they're in the spaces, they're not like 1940s anthropologists in the background with binoculars. They want to be a part <laughs> of the conversation and they want to be making friends. They want to be part of it. They're not there to like study how these crazy Asian American kids are like. Yeah, they want to stand out, right? Like that's the thing that bothers me about seeing them in SAT. It's not like the fact that they, it's not the fact that they had to mention that they have an Asian girlfriend, but it's the fact that they, do that because it almost comes up as if they were showing off, right? And and same goes with the. Wait, you you mean like showing off how woke they are, or what? No, showing off that like they you know they're now in your community, like they're here now. Like and eh, yeah, I'm, yeah, a, I'm a white sure. guy and I'm like an egg because I'm yellow on the inside and I'm white on the outside. Okay. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe like, like that to some extent, right? But at the same time, also a lot of the women that that uh, tag their their white boyfriends, 
just or mention them like to some extent i feel like they're showing off too that's just the feeling i get i don't know if it's true or not i don't know if they're actually it's trying to have true. Look, like I a conversation had, about it but no i i think that's definitely true i've i've definitely had experiences with like uh, asian female friends or like a- asian women i've gone on to date with they are very interested in my attitude towards white women it's never mm-hmm. it's never indian women it's never black women it's always white women we all know who is kind of like our measuring um like our metric uh of of kind of like our worth and it's always white people let's mm. be honest about yeah. that you know if we do live in a white supremacist society as all like liberal slash progressive people do then of course you're going to um you know use them as a reference point as to where you stand in society if you say that they are like the, the ruling class so come you know come on let, let's like these contradictions and like denials and ego saving tactics that just <laughs> yeah i just hmm, try to gather my thoughts on this together i yeah. think I mean, what are, like oh, what yeah, go pe- ahead, Sam. yeah what are people going enter these relationships with an individual that's white with the same intention of boosting your social status or not regardless of their intention you just can't deny there is that effect precisely because of white supremacy and a white privilege that it grants i don't i think you have to be really blind to not be aware of that or just be in deep denial and pretend otherwise yeah and you know like making it all about intentions you know who does that right it's white people (laughs) 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 so once you start making it about intentions you are occupying a very privileged space where it's like um if i do something and it makes a whole bunch of you miserable that should not matter so long as my subjective uh internal intentions are good and that's a very privileged position to take and yeah. if there's a if if certain groups uh like subgroups within like a, a racial group or whatever are taking that stance then i think it shows you who is kind of like has the upper hand in that group to take such a privileged stance for sure not gonna lie i'm on google image of Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra, and my eyes just are completely on Priyanka. Like Nick Jonas, almost <laughs> forgot he existed. No <laughs> I think that honestly, means... he almost looks like like her like son. Almost, I don't know. It's, it's just like she's like so radiant, so like you know imperial, and he's like this goober. <laughs> <laughs> I think there needs to be a Weezer song about Priyanka Chopra, and then they'll be equal. Man. Yeah, my, my name is you know, people, you know, people love to say you're dating out of your league. I just want to say, I hope Nick Jonas realized how lucky he is as a man. I, I think he does, though. I think he actually <laughs> yeah, does. I'm sure he does. No, Jay, you you brought up Weezer. One thing I do like about these like uh, these Asian groups is that you, whenever you like read articles on more like white like liberal sites, and it's like an Asian person writing about it especially like an asian woman weezer always comes up like weezer is like i, I don't know it's, it's, it's and it's yeah so it's like to be free of that to like not have to read like another essay about how <laughs> conflicted they were about weezer and oh his like song oh about God. like half japanese girls like, <laughs> i almost you. forgot like, that existed but and yeah 80 percent of those articles they always are like hey as a girl dating a white guy, I'm always really <laughs> curious about this issue or like about this Weezer song. It always kind of disturbs me. And just kind of thing like, is, I, I really like uh, one of those articles. It's by Jenny Zhang, uh, far away from me. I actually really like that article, but 
it's like the same like sentiment or the same article that's always in you know like rookie magazine or buzzfeed or whatever these motherfucking places it's just <laughs> it's nice to be in a space that's like so asian you know so, exactly it's nice to yeah. be in a space that's so asian and also where it's like where there's like equal powers i've been watching the good place for instance and i don't want okay anyone watching it have your ears i've seen two episodes yeah well okay so maybe okay sorry because you're on the podcast you have to hear this uh for <laughs> a brief amount of time this two brown girl and an asian guy hook up for a bit and like it was like wow i've never seen this before ever that's something you just don't see and like the right and they made it very natural it's not like any tokenizing or anything and like the, the white woman in it who's kirsten bell who's an excellent actor is so funny because she's like oh you hooked up with um oh now i forget his name that guy um, and he's like he's really hot good job and like they said a very natural like it wasn't a tokenizing thing and like we need more media like that where not that she's white or she's an amazingly attractive brown woman just need like more natural how regular life is <laughs> Which I think is like that. Yeah, I'm hoping that going forward there will be much more scrutiny placed on uh, these like supposedly progressive like uh, love stories that always involve white people. I think we're at the v- I, I, if we're not past that edge, I think we're very nearing it, and I think that's I a hope good thing. so. I hope people get tired of it because I'm tired of it. All right, uh, somebody wanted to talk about Seinfeld. Man, I just really wanted to talk about Seinfeld just because. You know, Aziz Ansari, he's gone. Um, who's Louis C.K., he's been gone. Both of them are coming back, right? And so, you know, Aziz, he's coming back and he's been more low-key. He's been doing some shows. and He's going to do a show in Toronto, actually. And he's done a tour, maybe two shows in New York, getting a crowd, getting an idea of what he's like. And then Louis C.K. comes back and he just, like, comes back already. And he's already talking about the N-word and how he's okay with it. Chris Rock is there. He's... They're just having He's this. allowing it, right? And he's allowing it. Because, like, I mean, I guess they're buddies, so that's fine or whatever. And Seinfeld is just there. And the side is like, I don't want to talk about the N-word. And it's like, Seinfeld. Some people are like, oh, Seinfeld, you're my white prince. You don't want to see the N-word. But then other people are like, Seinfeld, you have always been kind of a piece of shit. Like, your whole, <laughs> your whole show is about you being a piece of shit. Why all of a sudden do we give Seinfeld all of these like, wait, you're alright because you don't want to see the N-word. Is that where we've come to in 2018? We're, we're so desperate for white saviors. Um, and I say that as like a huge fan of Seinfeld the show. Um, not the guy I'm, I, 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 you know, I don't really care about the guy, but I mean the show is I think pure genius but yeah. Um, like he talks about politically incorrect things all the time. I, I just saw the episode where they're in a hospital and someone commits suicide, which is really traumatic and really sad. And they made it really funny. And I and I laughed. I was like, I'm not really bad at Seinfeld anymore because of the stupid car this dead person fell on. And George is trying to extract money from the hospital for his broken car that had suicide on it. Like, <laughs> that died by suicide. It was like was such a stupid, but so ridiculous that I'm, my, like, blind, my social justice eyes are off or whatever. But then when he does talk about social justice, it's like the bare minimum. I don't want to say the N word. <laughs> like, yeah, fuck this guy. Like, uh, that's how low yeah, standards like, are for white people now. Like, wow, you didn't say the N word. You're not racist. But yeah, I mean, people got really mad at Chris Rock. I, I feel like he's been ripe for a canceling because, um, I mean, like, I, I think some people are mad at him for, uh, you know, like, you know, using the N word too much in his acts. He also recently uh, left his wife. 
for yeah. a younger woman. Oh, wow. I, um, I saw a stand about that, actually. You what? Yeah, there was um, my partner actually showed it me like a clip from his show. It's on Netflix. And basically he admitted like he was a piece of shit who was totally selfish and cheated on his wife. And like, you can tell he was about to cry, but try not to cry. Like he realized how, how much he fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess maybe it's like saving grace was like, I think his new girlfriend's black. So he <laughs> like, he didn't like leave his like black wife for, for uh, like a white girl or something. That would have like totally canceled oh, him. Oh, hell no. But, uh, yeah. At least but, uh, he's uh, I mean, like, she, like, <laughs> the person, uh, there's this uh, movie I watched. It's called Damsels in Distress. It's like a Whit Stillman movie. Um, I guess his new girlfriend was in it. I mean, she, I mean, I will admit she's like very attractive. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like uh, Chris Rock. Um, yeah, he's been right for a canceling, and uh, that was a very good. He like presented a big fat target on on his back <laughs> when he when he was there. But I do have to say, if you did leave for like a younger white woman, I know people would like lose their shit. Oh, oh no, no, he, he he would have just been uh, flayed alive. You he know, would be roasted like, uh, on Twitter style, all you know? day. Hell no, people would not forgive him for that. So basically, he likes his token white guys like Louis C.K. <laughs> but he loves his, you know, he loves a black woman. Where, <laughs> does, does that cancel it out? I don't understand how it works. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> yeah, one, I guess one plus, one minus. <laughs> uh, kind of going back. Um, I just remember this in the uh, Seto Asian traits of Seto Asian dating art. It's kind of blurred my mind as well. Uh, so someone, you know, again, people questioning shit, uh, non-Asian being in the space, especially white people and more especially, specifically white men. And I was saying, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's clearly an Asian group as stated in the name. If this is a very general dating group, for example, then you must well go on any dating site. The whole point of it is for Asians specifically like duh i don't know why this is hard to get and then there were like uh white guys coming in defense like well what's wrong with just dating and loving someone for who they are blah 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 i'm like by the way adult and then they're like and then some asian guy was like are you white <laughs> and then he responded i'm mixed race so got curious i went on his profile i know you can always tell something about my appearance nonetheless i went on his profile and all I see is, I'm sorry, the whitest looking dude that looks like been in basement for over 30 years. And all the <laughs> photos he posted are like anime, weeaboo stuff, like specifically even hentai stuff. And I'm like, all right. Uh, what? Uh, yeah. Have you guys heard of like the white people that pretend to be Asian? Like, is that something you like guys know about? You're talking about? Uh, he kind of tried no, to say no, that. No, not really. Like was- more faking it online only, though. He kind of tried to fake that by claiming I am of yeah. European uh, ancestry and Japanese ancestry, and I'm like, yeah, I guess if you say so, bro. Yeah. But like, dude, I don't even care if you happen to be like partially Asian or not by ancestry. You're straight up fucking weird, yeah. white dude. Like, what the fuck? And then I was, I was trying to explain in the nicest, most respectful way possible, saying like, look, that's like you if it's, if a straight guy going into like a gay man dating circle and be like, hey, I'm a man, include me too. Then I look at you like. Uh, unless you want to fuck us, I don't know what you're doing here, or how even a woman try to join it, even if it's a gay woman. This gay man's looking at like, honey, I'm sorry, but this is not your party. Like, I don't know what you're doing here. Like, I'm not being mean. It just doesn't make sense for you to be here. And so if we can understand that concept, that the space not created for you, but for a specific demographic, I don't know why are people having a hard time to understand that for Asian people specifically. 
Yeah, I think there is, if there's a recognition that there is a significance to having a white partner, well, then the corollary is there's a significance to having an Asian partner. And I think for too long, the conception has been that there's really no difference at all. I think Asian Americans have considered, um, I mean, I, I, I mean, we're almost done with this podcast, but I mean, I touch upon this idea of racial neoliberalism in my article, which says that the, the central idea is that race and culture, it really can be separated from the people. You can extract it into a set of like cultural products, cultural behaviors, uh, cultural whatever. And that if, if you can embody that enough, like if you're like a non-Asian who can make good ramen or who can, uh, you know, you read the water margin or something like that, you become Asian. Um, which is like, in theory, a nice idea where it's like, oh, there's no social boundaries. Anyone can be whatever they want. But then, uh, one consequence, especially when you have like a racially tiered system is that, um, now you, you, there's like a, like a white guy can just come and just displace all the actual Asian people. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and we see that, right? You, you see even like in academia, you'll have white guys that displace Asian professors. Because maybe they speak a little bit of Mandarin or maybe they worked in Asia. Like, you see, this is not just like something that happens socially. It happens literally yeah, like structurally exec- as well. Executives in a lot of Asian companies can yeah. be displaced by was- white guys, right? Because having the white guy in the room in a meeting is a huge negotiation, like, boon. So it definitely happens outside of these social I was going to say, why is it that the expert on Asia is always like a white guy? more so than Asian person. Like, I always wonder what the hell's up with that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you can't overlay, you can't pretend uh, that there is this, like, totally free and equal system uh, upon a foundation of inequality. Uh, and that, I think that we're, and I think these groups are either directly or indirectly grappling with these questions that you can't just um, separate uh, like, like culture and Asian-ness from the people. Because then, what happens is that the actual people get left behind, and that's fucking unfair. Yeah. Oh, last line in defense for the existence of pseudo Asian traits and pseudo Asian dating for Asian only spaces. Before we moving on, mentions of other like fraction groups like pseudo World Asian, pseudo Asian activists is that I went <laughs> on East Meet is just to see like what it's like, like, and let me tell you one of the most common complaint Asian women who use us I have is I came here to meet other Asian men not a non-Asian men who are trying to, like, tokenize me for their fetish. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, of course. And then we're coming to this phase and running into the same problems. So, like, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, if it's all um, all about cultural curiosity and all that shit, why aren't you on <laughs> Dill Mill, you know? What's up, dudes? You know, yeah, they're South like Asian women are beautiful. Why don't you? Why don't? Why don't you uh, hit yeah. them up? You know, <laughs> there, I see, I've seen excuse from white dudes like, "Well, I'm an Asian, so that's what's around me." I'm like, "Yeah, I wonder what you're doing here." Hmm, you just float all the way there for some reason. <laughs> all right, um, all right, we are approaching uh, an hour and twenty. So, any any closing thoughts, anyone? Um, I'm just wondering if you guys, super quick, think that this is gonna last. South Asian traits in this whole phenomenon. I don't think the groups are going to last. I do think the impetus for more dialogue and talking with people either online or in real life is definitely going to uh, expand. And I hope plan A is there to uh, stoke that. I'm going to be like, it's more the op- opposite. How We've been kind of speaking about subtle Asian traits and these groups and the splinter groups being kind of prescriptive on how they're going to change this, a- this Asian diaspora from Australia to UK and everything in between. 
But I feel like it's more the reverse. It's like things have been changing, whether it's demographics or just the culture of like Asian Australians, Asian Canadians, Asian Americans, that we're just beginning to see the changes right now. And I think they're kind of great changes. And that's why we're seeing these difference of thoughts, these relatively civil clashes and the so-called old guard of, that was born in like the 1980s that have been kind of, you know, in charge of how social justice should look like, what politics should look mm-hmm. like, what kind of boba memes are okay or not okay. I think they're just, they're just mm-hmm. going to crush it because they're going to be like, I'm 21. I know everything in the world. Just like how when we were 21, we thought we knew everything in the world. And they're just going to say, you guys don't know what you're going to talk about. I'm only, and they're going to start changing the game. And subtle agent trades kind of showed that. Here, here. I like that. Yeah. Um, my guess on where set of Asian traits are going, I feel like, I mean, it's fun in the beginning, but when it's the same old shit, same old fucking memes, yeah, it's, you try to get bored of it. And then when you want to talk about, like, serious issues, like, real shit that people are afraid to talk about, WMAF issue, you're like, what's the point of being here? So I think it's going to explode into boredom eventually. That's my guess. I could be wrong. Um... Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back on that and say either it'll, it'll just kind of collapse in on itself, become like an RAA like TV watching club, um, just like on Reddit. You know, <laughs> that's one possibility. If it's just the same old memes, we're gonna run out of like self deprecating jokes at some point, right? Um, or if there's if something happens and people you know start to have more interesting conversations and it becomes more of a elastic community, I can see that happening too. Just because we're seeing some of these folks actually meet up online, or sorry, in in meet space, right? In real life, right? We had one in Toronto here. There was like 200 plus people, massive lines outside of a, a bar in Chinatown that was like really, really a, a great party for, you know, kids that age. Um, if more of that stuff happens, I can see it lasting. But if it just becomes just more and more of the same memes, it's going to get boring real quick. Yeah. So piggyback what you're saying, too. It would be amazing where meet up, not just, you know, you can meet up for fun. Totally. I'm not against that. But it would be amazing if we can use these kind of virtual spaces, organize like real life in-person discussion. Like, that would be refreshing because it's so easy. People act all tough and say whatever they want on the internet. But people might be a little more reserved in person. I'm like, no, like, be honest, be real. Like, tell your honest thoughts and feelings in person. Like, that, if I could see that, that would be really refreshing. Oxford, what do you think? Uh, you know, I, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, but I also know we have to close this podcast. <laughs> I, I know we, we can talk some more. But, uh, yeah, it was great, great talking to you guys. Thanks, uh, Philip, Jay, and Sam. Yeah, oh, thanks for joining us. I mean, we, we, I mean, I guess when this episode gets released, it'll be New Year's, which I think is like the most pointless, like manufactured holiday. <laughs> I, I mean, I like the fact that I get the, you know, work, uh, you know, holiday and all, but it's like New Year's has never meant anything to me. But uh, for all of you, I guess, uh, happy New Year's and um, everyone have a good end to 2018 and a great start to 2019. Happy to you New as well. Year. Happy New Year's. Bye. All right. Happy See y'all. All right. See y'all. Bye. Bye. Hi, thank you for listening to Escape from Planet. This was our episode about subtle Asian traits and other related Facebook groups. Um, you know, I'm your host, Oxford, and I was joined by Philip, Sam, and Jay. And if you like us, please um, you know, go subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us five stars, leave a review, go subscribe to us on SoundCloud as well, go follow us on Facebook, go read our articles on planetamag.com, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Bye, everyone. Hey.
城门打开让我进，来自王后区的 queen， 别再落伍装不相信，谁的饶舌最有力？我的 that 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 把没听，拿我词来当武器，后你以为我不见就代表有人代替我？很抱歉，但是我正在起火，充满嘻哈味道，回到老娘的帝国。Hockey baby， 我随时换成百灵果。